0: This is Kyle Brown with the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm here again with Brian Vincasey, who you know is one of our DCI columnists and the President of Irrigation Consulting. Last time we talked a little bit about the basics of irrigation, and today we're going to talk a little about hydraulics, which, you know, I'll admit right off, it's not a subject that I know a lot about, but it's also something that a lot of superintendents may not have come across in terms of their irrigation. Why are hydraulics so important to the irrigation system?
1: Well, as we've talked about previously, it's very important that you run your sprinklers at the right pressure. Getting the right pressure is really nothing but hydraulic. And hydraulics is a term that scares most people and really is just how is the water moving through your piping system. In irrigation, we have certain rules that we're, we're supposed to use in terms of how we size pipe and how much water we can flow on through the pipe based on hydraulics. So if you have a system that gets a lot of breaks or the fitting breaks or the pipe breaks or even you blow sprinklers off, that's probably an issue with your hydraulics. One of the interesting things about the golf industry is uh, many superintendents think pipe breaks or fitting breaks are normal golf course irrigation maintenance practices, but in honesty, nothing should be breaking because uh, something has caused that break and you mm. should find out what it is. So. When we look at hydraulics, we're interested in two things. We're interested in pressure or friction loss through the pipe because that affects the pressure and the velocity or the speed at which the water is flowing through the pipe. In irrigation, we have a very hard rule that in PVC pipe or any plastic pipe, the velocity of the water running through your pipe should not be more than 5 feet per second. Now, in a computerized central control system, if you've got your flow management database filled out, it will automatically limit your flow through the pipes for that. But many golf courses don't have a central control system or do not have that database filled out, and therefore it's not automatically taken care of. But basically I can put as much water through a pipe as I want if I turn enough stuff on. But if I was to go to a fairway, for instance, and instead of turning on four sprinklers, I turn on eight sprinklers or ten sprinklers, I'm going to see those sprinklers throw start to deteriorate because the pressure has gone down the pressure has gone down because I'm putting too much water through that pipe that's in that fairway. The more water I put through it, the faster the water has to move, and the more friction losses I'm going to have, and the more rubbing I'm going to have through that pipe, and so that will deteriorate my pressure. The problem with golf, especially with valve and head systems, is the sprinklers turn on and off very quickly, and if I have my water moving very fast, and I all of a sudden shut a whole bunch of sprinklers off, it's going to cause water hammer or surge pressure and eventually something is going to break. So I want to control that velocity very specifically. And as I get into larger and larger systems and larger and larger pipes, I might even want to slow that water down even more than 5 feet per second. Large masses of water with high speed is momentum and force, and the more of that we have, the more damage I can do. So we want to be under 5 feet per second. Some people will argue in HDP pipe I can go up to 6 feet per second, however the standard is basically 5 feet per second. We don't ever want to exceed that. It's really easy to calculate, but there's lots of charts you can look it up. And one interesting thing about irrigation is that as the pipe sizes get bigger, the friction losses go away. So in irrigation, we always worry about sizing pipe based on velocity first and friction loss second. But we want to make sure we can control how much water goes through that pipe. And the more water we try to force that pipe, the more damage we can do to our system. So would a
0: larger pipe actually help prevent some damage within the irrigation system? Well, it would. And in the old
1: days, before we had all these computer programs that help us design irrigation systems, uh, the way you protected yourself was you just oversized everything, uh, because then you didn't have to worry about it. Uh, if you couldn't quite calculate all those velocities running through your pipe, you know, you just oversized it. But you know, there's an economic side to this too. If you don't need a pipe eight inch in size when a four inch will do, why put in the eight? So it's really a matter of understanding what size pipe will contain the velocity and still allow you to water the way you want. To be economical, hydraulically, you need to spread your water out throughout the Gulf course. Instead of running 10 sprinklers at a time on one hole, you should be running one sprinkler at a time on 10 holes. And most central control systems are sort of set up to do that, uh, especially if you fill out your, your pipe database to, to limit the velocities. Of course, one of the problems with computerized central control systems is that the superintendent can override anything they want. In the old days when the designer designed your piping system and you had mechanical controllers, your irrigation designer actually set how you could water, because only certain things could come on at the same time, and therefore he could very much control his hydraulic. With a computerized control system, you can turn it on anything you want, anywhere you want, anytime you want, and therefore you can override the hydraulics pretty easily, which is one reason why they have this flow management database in there. But the trick is to again you could do it with a pressure gauge is you can pretty quickly find out what the limitations of your system are. So for instance if you had a 1200 gallon per minute pump station you could put a pressure gauge in at your highest point and you could turn sprinklers on until that pressure gauge got below the operating pressure of your sprinkler so around 80 or 85 pounds depending on where you were and that would tell you that you can run fourteen sprinklers at a time or twenty sprinklers at a time or if something's really bad maybe only six or eight sprinklers at a time and that's one way to look at hydraulics. The beauty of a pressure gauge is if you can stick it in your system somewhere, which is usually through a quick coupler, it's never going to lie to you. It is going to tell you exactly what is going on at that point in the golf course. It'll tell you if you're getting pressures that are too high or pressures that are too low. You can put a gauge in and you can start turning things on and off and and see how much the gauge is moving around and see how much surge pressure or water hammer you are getting. But in most cases, if you are breaking something, and one nice thing about hydraulics is if you break something in one place, it probably keeps breaking in that same place. That's showing you you have a hydraulic issue. How do we protect the equipment from damage like that? If you don't know your pipe sizes, because you don't have an house built, again, you can look at the charts that are 5 feet per second. Most irrigation designers have those memorized. So, for instance, if you, you have a 6-inch a pipe, you know that can safely carry 450 gallons per minute. If you have an 8-inch pipe, it's 750 gallons a minute, uh, and there, you can do that for every pipe size. But if you're breaking stuff, uh, there 's two things you can do: you can either reduce the pressure coming out of your pump station, which may not be the best idea because now your sprinklers are probably going to run at lo- too low pressure, or slow down how quickly you 're irrigating. Take longer to irrigate, increase your water window so you don 't have as much water running around in your pipes at the same time. That will reduce your velocities, it will reduce your potential surge pressures, and then try to figure out exactly why something is is breaking. Uh, A lot of the older irrigation systems that were designed in the 70s and even the early 80s, uh, many times people forgot to take into account the elevation and because of that they have low pressures at the higher points of their golf course and the only way you can water those correctly from a hydraulic standpoint, is you have to just turn less stuff on, turn less stuff on, so that you can uh, have better pressure at those higher points. So you kind of have to feel out your system. Uh, you could probably safely say there's no two golf courses that are hydraulically the same. So every one's a little different, and you just got to find out its little nuances.
0: It sounds like there's an efficiency argument to be had here as well for hydraulics that managing your hydraulics correctly actually would make it easier to run an efficient system.
1: Well that's correct and that's kind of an interesting comment because one of the things that we're starting to see just starting in the irrigation business is this water energy nexus that everybody talks about, but as a good friend of mine always says behind every drop of water there's a kilowatt of electricity somewhere but some people are taking this to the point where from a hydraulic standpoint with the sophistication we can have in a pump station today and all of the things a smart modern pump station for golf course can do is that you not only schedule your irrigation but you schedule your hydraulics or your pump station. And as an example of that would be if you're only irrigating from midnight to 6 in the morning and your system has to discharge at 120 pounds and the only other time you're using water during the day is when you're syringing, but when you're hose syringing you only have to be discharging at 65 or 70 pounds, why would you build that capacity sitting there in the pump station 24-7? So with new technology, we can actually schedule the pump station to have different pressures available at different times of the day so that it knows you're going to irrigate between midnight and 5, uh, it's going to produce this much pressure. But at the other 19 hours a day, it's only going to produce something at a less pressure, which is going to save you energy, it's going to take the wear and tear out of your pumps, your pumps are going to last longer, uh, everything can be changed. and in, Another way to look at that is if you're in, say, the southwest, where you're 365 days a year irrigating, in July and August, you're irrigating a lot different than you are in December or January, so you may schedule your pump station to only have certain capacity available in the lesser months than you do in the high ET months in the summer. And they're, again, saving wear and tear, saving energy, and not having this, big pump stations sitting there ready to deliver this massive amount of water at a high pressure 24-7, 365 days a year. I think that's a really exciting thing that we're seeing happening uh, in the irrigation business, and it's just starting to scratch the surface on what we can do there.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to say to wrap up? Hydraulics are uh,
1: scary, <laughs> but uh, they shouldn't keep you from trying to figure out what's going on. But keep in mind, water moving fast under pressure is also dangerous. So you do have to, uh, just like when you're winterizing, if you have to winterize your golf course with air, it adds another element of um, danger to that, and you need to make sure you take the right precautions whenever you're working uh, in your piping system, either with air or just with water.
0: Well, hopefully we understand them a little bit better now to take a look at seeing how we can actually make our irrigation systems work a little bit better. So I really appreciate that. Thanks so much for your help. No problem. Thank you.